One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. I just finished up with an, an experiment that I designed and participated in, and I pulled my brother into it unknowingly. It was a remote viewing experiment to see if, number one, I could identify a target selected by my brother, unknown to me, and also, could I select that target, I'm sorry, could I contact that target before my brother selected it? We're gonna talk about the results of that experiment in just a moment. I have my brother, Mike Nappy of Nappy Music, coming on the show this evening. Hello, Truth Seekers, this is Dennis Nappy second with Sixth Sense Media on the Seeker Podcast. We will certainly challenge reality, question that which we've been taught, in hopes of inspiring that new direction of thought to bring about some change as we make the paranormal feel normal and the supernatural natural. Let me tell you, that's exactly what happens in this conversation. It was, uh, it was a really wild and wacky evening with uh, this experiment that we did. And again, I'm just a rookie here, but... The one major takeaway I want you all to get from this show is this is something you can all learn to do. And I promise I'm not going to do every show. Hey, here's another training target that I did. Um, but remote viewing is something that I have wanted to learn since I was 17 years old when I first heard about it. It's back in like 1997, 98, when it was just starting to come out into the mainstream, when it was just starting to become declassified. And now I'm finally learning it. It's a life dream. And I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to share it because my hope is that those of you that are have that same desire, I hope it will give you that hope, that motivation, that this is something that you can learn and you can... Okay, a couple stories in the news that I want to get to before we jump into this interview, this this debrief with, uh, with my brother. Um, where do I want to start here? 
So you might have seen a story floating around about a professor talking about alien bugs being found on Mars. He's, uh, what is it, an entomologist? A guy that studies insects. And he's looking at different pictures, and he, he put out there that, hey, I'm positive there's life on Mars, and we're missing it. And, uh, I mean, the one picture, it's 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 blurry, but it looks like a bug. Could be a bug on Mars. But we see that stuff all, all the time. Is he telling the truth? I mean, the guy definitely has some credibility. He's uh, an Ohio scientist. Um... I forget what school he teaches that, but I'm reading an article right now from Space.com. Space is responding to this, calling it, It's still not aliens. Mars bug claim could damage the search for life. And basically what they're saying with their um, with their article here is that there's not enough information. They may have the shape that could be interpreted as bugs, uh, but they go on to make a good argument saying sometimes when you're looking for something, you start seeing that thing in everything, even when it's not really there. Does that mean that there's no bugs on Mars? No, it doesn't. Does this mean this guy is wrong? No, it certainly doesn't. Um, we also know on this conspiracy side that uh, footage is edited, film is cut short, uh, pictures are intentionally blurred out. So I strongly suspect that there is life on Mars that we are just not aware of publicly at this point. And slowly but surely, I think we're going to find evidence of that. And I think there's intelligent life on Mars, or there at least there was at some point in time. So, um, but anyway, I will share this, uh, this article with you. You can read it and check it out at space.com, and you can figure it out for yourself. And let me know what you think. Here we go. This this is uh, moving into our genetic engineering, our Gattaca scenario here. This one comes to us from Bloomberg. The title is Chinese Parents Test DNA to Check if Kids Will Become Prodigies. Uh, and it goes through a story of, of uh, an individual who was able to check and see if their child is going to be a prodigy. Now, what's scary about this, um, now, you know, modern day in America, pregnancies, you can test and see if your child has a disease. Um, and it can give you a probability that, yep, your child might be born. I forget what the, what they test for now. It's been a couple of years since we went through it the last time, um, since we were given the option. But it can tell you, you know, your child may have this disease. But then again, your child might be born and not have whatever disease it was that they're testing for. So uh, it's not a perfect science at this point in time yet. At what point are we getting to, I think we're getting close to, and, and you can read this article here, um, testing to see what your child is going to be like, and then when are they going to start tweaking those genes and modifying those genes? If, you're, if you haven't seen the film Gattaca with uh, Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke, I highly recommend watching it. Um, it, it's just a great, I guess, film and protest of, of where really I think our society is going if we're not already there at this point in time, uh, at least publicly anyway. But what do you think? Should we be able to alter and modify our genes and, and really, in essence, control our evolution? Um, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I, I, you know, you can make arguments either way. I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I, I guess part of me just thinks let nature take its course, but... If we let nature take its course, I mean, it's a double-edged sword here, and it's hypocritical because I look at, um, you know, my children. My children had difficulties when they were born, and I don't know that they'd be here if we didn't have some kind of an intervention. So where do you draw the line with an intervention? Um, you know, that's a, that's a very tough question, and you talk to any parent, and that parent will tell you, I'll do anything in the moment if my baby is at risk. 
Now you're going to be faced with a new ethical dilemma, these new parents. You will have the option, and this is what Gattaca tackles, you will have the option to ensure that the genome or the genes and the traits that your child gets are nothing but the best, superior. Or you can be natural and let the child develop as nature, as your body intended. The problem is that child will be second best at everything in theory. You're going to subject your child to that world. And there will be people that will. There are people that won't. But it's a very difficult question as a parent to ask yourself. Because you may believe, you may say, this is horrible, this is wrong. But then you're faced with that situation. Just based on my experience with three kids right now, I, I, I know how I would feel and not what I would not want to do. But I also wouldn't want to create a situation where my kids are going to suffer or be less. So it's a difficult choice as parents. And I think we're, we're going to, our upcoming generation parents are going to have to make that decision. All right. Speaking of science and medical stuff, this is from the Daily Star. Space travel barrier removed as docs freeze and revive a human for the first time. Uh, the process is initially intended to save lives on Earth rather than to send astronauts on long-haul flights. Um, but it's interesting, the implications this is. So the science, the, what, basically what they're looking to do here, what they have done is somebody has a disease or they have an issue, we can freeze them because we don't have the ability to cure them right now and freeze them until a time when we can develop the science to better take care of them or we can get them into a place where we can better take care of them. So... Um, it talks about it. It says Samuel Tisherman, a professor of the University of Maryland School of Medicine, is the leader of a team that has successfully put a human being in suspended animation. Describing this, the successful operation as a little surreal, Professor Tisherman told New Scientist now how he removed the patient's blood and replaced with ice-cold saline solution. Patiently, technically dead at this point, was removed from the cooling system and taken to an operating theater for a two-hour surgical procedure before having their blood restored and being warmed to the normal temperature of 37 degrees Celsius. I will have this article for you, but again, it goes into their goal right now is not for space travel, but obviously this puts us one step closer to that reality. I am incredibly amazed uh, and excited for what possibilities the future could hold for us and again you know i like to go down the uh the doom and gloom thread sometimes because that's fun to explore but and there's some scary stuff out there and i always have to give that caveat but again with that scary stuff we are potentially living in some very exciting times uh and a lot of it i reject i get scared of but at the same time we just stop and think about what what we may witness in our lifetimes. And I just think about like what my, my grandma was born in 1919. What she witnessed from compared to the time that she was born in the 1920s up until, uh, you know, late uh, 20, 2000s, between, I forget, it was like 2016, 2015, she, she passed. Um, or maybe it was 2014. Anyway, it was 2000 teens when she passed. Look at just how far we've come with automobiles and space travel, not space travel, but, you know, satellites being in the air, cell phones, uh, video conferencing, televisions, housing structures, infrastructure, everything. I mean, what did that, so what are we going to experience as we're looking at 
the the tech takeover and and uh, computer technology, space travel, and, and uh, all these other crazy things that are coming out. So. It is exciting. All right, but speaking of exciting stuff, uh, one of my new, not new, but one of my passions, remote viewing. I did this experiment tonight. I'm going to talk about it in a minute with my brothers. I bring them online. I'll give, I'll give you the full background on this experiment. But my mind is blown. It, it was an amazing experiment, not just in remote viewing, but also in time, in understanding time. I'm not understanding it, but it's it messing with time. So it's it's really cool um, seeing this this project. Um, and again, the data, you know, I'm a rookie, but I definitely hit elements of this target. There's no doubt about that. I definitely hit elements of this target. I also pulled in some noise, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. So um, listen to this discussion I have with my brother. It's, it's pretty neat as, uh, as we connected and went through this session that I just did that he was a part of. And... Uh, he didn't realize he was part of the experiment until he was already in it, which was pretty neat. So check it out. Let me know what you think. All right, Truth Seekers, I have the great Mike Nappy of Nappy Music, nappymusic.com, is it? And uh, Nappy Beats. Uh, Nappymusicofficial.com. Uh. <laughs> Nappymusicofficial.com. Okay, we're official now. I'm sorry. I'm used to the, the old website. But uh, Mike Nappy's my brother. He's a musician. He's very talented. And uh, I've been talking to him about this remote viewing training that I'm going through. And last week, he offered to help me if, if uh, I wanted to do any practice targets. So I put something together tonight with a little twist behind it, and it was pretty neat. Um, and we just went through the data and surprised the hell out of both of us um, with it. So I'm going to read you the tasking document, and then I'm going to introduce Michael. You know, let me, let me just introduce Michael first before I jump into the tasking document. Mikey, what's going on, dude? Whew! I was just biting my tongue not to speak over you as you did your intro because you blew my freaking mind <laughs> dude it's 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 really crazy man uh, the more i do this the more wild i am by uh just what we're capable of uh you know the whole premise of of uh, food for the archons the majority of the premise is everyone is psychic and we can all learn to enhance our natural psychic abilities and now I'm in the process of enhancing my own, and it's it's pretty cool to have it. Um, oh, and I think it was really cool of you to, and I feel honored that you collaborated with me on this experiment. Um, and I hope to bring to your listeners uh, an an outsider's verbiage of this experience. You know, to the listeners that don't study as much as you do. Um, my mind's blown as someone on the outside it was really fascinating yeah, it was crazy dude my mind's blown as somebody on the inside so it's freaking yeah. it's, it's weird let me let me read the tasking document I'm able to understand um, sure so what, what i did was i put i actually put this all in writing um and, and again with remote viewing you want everything to be structured and you want to make sure your target parameters are clearly defined and again I'm a rookie here. I do work with remote viewers and I work with tasking documents and remote viewing data every week. I've been doing that for uh, about the past year now, but I'm a, I'm a new viewer here, but I at least understand enough. Uh, one of the reasons why I put everything in writing is because if I just said pick a target, well, then it would leave me the ability to be dishonest and to kind of change things to fit what I wanted it to be. So I was very specific and I left it pretty open-ended. Um, so that the first part of this target target document i gave it a randomly generated number um when those are the target coordinates and that's what i use to access the target and it says uh, part one viewer will contact the tasker so i will contact mikey 
and request the following. Please select a target of your choosing. It can be anything you find online or anything in your environment. Please take a screenshot or a picture of the selected target. Next, please send me a text message or an email with the image and the target ID, uh, and I gave them the target ID number contained within the message or email. Part two, here's what I have to do. The viewer is to describe and sketch the target at the time of Tasker's selection of the target. So I was selecting the target uh, in real time when Michael was choosing that target. Part three, the viewer will complete the session and report on the target prior to tasking the tasker to select the target and that's where it gets really funky so i did this target at the the, ta the my target document says 2109 hours that's eastern standard time so at 909 p.m i sat down to start this session it wasn't until 10 o'clock p.m that i shot my brother a text and said hey you want to do a remote viewing experiment so i did this before Mikey picked the target. Uh, Mikey, why don't you walk us through and what you selected for the target here? This was pretty cool. I and I didn't expect this at all. Yeah. So um, thank you. Um, so once again, to quickly summarize, in case there's people like me who aren't as smart as Dennis, but you explained it wonderfully. Basically, by the time I picked the target, you had already done your entire session, is what Dennis is saying. So. As soon as I followed the Dennis's guidelines, which was pick any target I want and label it with the target ID, by the time I sent it to his email, he was sending me his report, which was six pages long, which would be impossible to type in the nanosecond of space between our emails exchanging. And I had chosen the Great Pyramid of Giza, and we you, you can go back to talking, but you nailed it. Yeah, it was... It was crazy. Um, you know, and, and the caveat I want to give is um, if you're new to remote viewing and I'm new to remote viewing, uh, so by no means take my word as gospel, but I, I think it's a good precaution to make sure that, you know, at a minimum, I, I know my brother wasn't going to send me somewhere like, you know, the pits of hell and Satan's throne, somewhere where if I had good contact with it, it was going to really screw me up or scare me or upset me uh or, yeah. or or like a real event like you know 9 11 like i'm not i'm not trained enough to navigate a target of that magnitude at this point in time um and i don't know that i'd even make strong enough target contact at this point because i'm only out of the six stages that we have right now remote viewing and controlled remote viewing i'm on stage three in my training i'm on stage two actually but i'm cheating and i'm jumping to stage three um so serious a serious event like that would have been throwing you into the water. Yeah, that'd be that'd be messed up. That would be messed up. But I don't have that worry, and I don't have to even have that conversation with Michael because the idea is you want to be blind. I wanted to have no idea or influence over what he was going to pick, and I didn't. And the way that I designed this, I don't think that I did. Uh, I was surprised that it was the pyramid. I really was. Yeah, but as we go through your notes, as much as you'd like to share with your listeners, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you may have not been aware, but you nailed it. You even drew it. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's crazy about it, you know. And, and so when I started off my session, um, before I really got into the session itself, I, I just kind of, you know, I closed my eyes and I, I jot down anything that's in my mind um, before I get started. Now, the thing about remote viewing data. And again, um, 
I'm a, I'm a rookie here and I'm looking at it now knowing, well, I probably shouldn't have labeled things the way I did in certain instances. Like right off the bat, I drew a triangular shape with uh, like kind of a flat surface underneath it. And then I drew like an angular structure, kind of like a 45 degree angle. And, and I wrote witch's hat. Um, and I also wrote volcano. Now, I, it, at this stage, I haven't even started yet, but instead of labeling and naming things, it's better to describe them. So I should have wrote an angular object, angular structure. Um, that's really how I should have identified it. Um, with, when you label it like a volcano or a witch's hat, that's what's known as an analytical overlay. So that is your conscious mind interpreting the data. Um, so anyway, but I drew a little triangle and I drew a little angle there. So when Michael sent me the Great Pyramid, I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like I drew it at the very beginning. I saw, I drew the triangle shape and everything. Um, and, but to be honest with you, as I was going through this session, uh, I thought that I was gonna get a picture of like smoke or an explosion. That's kind of where my mind was, my conscious mind was going based on the data um, while I was in session. That's why it's very important not to think you know what the target is. So anyway, I'm getting boring here. Not at all. Um, so Mikey, I sent you that data and right away you saw the, the triangle shape at the beginning, even though I labeled it volcano. Uh, you know, what was your reaction to that? Um, I couldn't believe it because um, as soon as I saw that, it made me think of my decision process when I was picking the target. And um, my first instinct, as soon as he told me to pick a target, I was like, well, I thought the same thing. I'm not going to send you somewhere that might be overwhelming. So let's, uh, Great Pyramids, first thing that came to mind. And then I thought about a few more locations. And internally, I, I went back to the target I gave you, even though I had gone as far as looking up other locations and almost deciding on them so to connect this 360 when you at the top of your report it has the triangle shapes and the angle it just made me i mean to me it's proof that you like transcended time like you picked the target before i even picked it that's crazy like and that's that's one of the things that is um most exciting to me and and like it's one of the things like i I was aware of it. I understood it because of the research that I've done, and I, I wholeheartedly accept that as, as truth. That there really is no time. Time is is relative to this physical reality that we're in, and there's ways to transcend that. But I've never intentionally experienced it. I've never intentionally until I started remote viewing. And I mean tonight, he didn't even pick the target yet, and I'm drawing what he was going to pick. It's no, it's no trick. Uh, so that was amazing to me. That uh, do you mind? I have ahead. a philosophical interjection. Pardon myself. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so then that made me just think, and it's nothing we have to go too deep on now. But like, did you? Were you able to um, identify the target I chose, or did your act of observing a target influence my decision to pick? Uh, my, uh, well, that's a, that's a deep question. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think about that stuff. I, I think that, I mean, the way I've heard that question is, you know, similar versions of that was, was I viewing your mind or was I viewing the target? Um, should have uh. been, I should have been viewing the target 
I know it's like a chicken or the egg thing first, right? Like, did I view it and then plant the seed into your mind to, to select it? Yeah. Um, Shoo. I, I, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I don't think that was the case because that was the last thing. Like when you sent me the, the image of it in the email, the reveal and the, and the feedback, I was disappointed. I was like, oh shoot. I didn't, I didn't get the target at all. And then I went back and started looking through the data, which I'm going to go through in a minute. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually great descriptor, low level data that would work with the pyramid. And then there was a couple little sketches I did and uh, phrases that, you know, it's like, yep, you, you freaking nailed it. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it, it's crazy. And again, there's, there's noise in there. When I say noise, I mean, there's things that probably aren't relevant to it, but there's also um, aspects of it that are relevant to it. Uh, right at the top. It would be cool if, I don't know if you share your notes with your listeners, but if you do or don't, just right at the top, there's just that triangle. That is just, I'm sold. <laughs> that is just unbelievable, man. Yeah, I'll probably throw some screenshots up in the in the show notes and stuff. Cool. Um, you know, you know, it's it's funny. Like, I, I stopped, and like I'm always so tempted to put stuff on Facebook. And, like, I, I'm tempted to put, like, a little thing, you know, a Facebook post like this. And, and maybe even some screenshots because I, I was thinking about doing that today with some of the other targets I've worked and I just see like nobody even commenting on it you know um, yeah. and that's that's frustrating for me and I don't know it really shouldn't be but I feel like now this has been this process has been around since the 70s it's been public since the late 90s um, but you know you can show this is proof right here this is proof this is actual evidence right here that it works and uh i'm i'm it just falls on deaf ears you know i i, I really can see just getting crickets from it um, unfortunately yeah but well, maybe it might be a fun for another time and topic of discussion a fun uh, piece of content we can yeah you know if i'm lucky enough to help you out again you absolutely could, yeah man um we so, want to get to the report so i'll quiet now no nah, no worries dude i want you to interject i mean they my listeners get to hear me drone on every week so it's nice to have another voice on there uh so going going through some of this data again it's low level data um but some of the things i had it was uh open and then i had it as like um describing the target like space open space here um and i wrote as an aol skyward airy tingly spacious frozen gaseous expansive um, and an and it, AOL is what again? I'm sorry. It's an analytical overlay. So it's my conscious mind trying to interpret the data that it's getting. Cool. Um, so in looking at this tingly, spacious, airy, uh, I think that's the space around it in the desert. And it could be the open pockets of space uh, inside the pyramid. And, and the pyramid, you know, it's frozen in time. It is an expansive structure as well. Um, my next ideogram. Go ahead. I'm sorry, you wrote angle down in that same sentence. Well, the, and the angle down, um, in looking at that, though, what that does, that's where it's next to my A part. I'm describing what's called an ideogram. So if you see the target ID, the last number is a 1, but it looks like this squiggly line. And what that ideogram is, it's the equivalent of, like, automatic writing. And within that ideogram, it contains everything about the target. So what you see there where I wrote angle down is actually me describing the movement of my pen. And that's a way to help me connect to the target. Because again, we're starting with very low level data. And then as we 
contact the target by something like that, by describing the movement of my pen to draw an ideogram that represents the target based on the numbers that I wrote down, it allows me to get a little bit more closer to the target. And the more I go into it, the more open that aperture gets. So where it says angle down, um, that's me just describing movement of the pen, but it, it can be relevant to what uh, we're looking at here as well. True. So moving on to the next one that I drew, again, I wrote space structure. So open space structure, spacious, expansive, immersive, uh, immersive. And then what the heck does that say? Subversive. Subversive. Yeah. Yep. And then AOL again, skyward, gaseous, flat space, expansive, explosive, expanding, hues, immersive. And then I said clouds and I drew like this smoke uh, or like just like a cloudy whatever. And that, you know, that could be a dust storm. Who knows? Um, open space structure. And then I wrote flat earth structure, horizon. And that you come back to Horus. Uh, he is risen. Horizon, sun, solar, wind, juncture. Um, AOL. In, what's that? And in, in the picture I sent you of the target you chose, told me to take a screenshot of. I mean, the horizons. I mean, that's the shot of the pyramid with the horizon in the background. Let me take a look at it again. Yeah, yeah, there it is. And you know what? Let me let me look at this. There's people in front of that pyramid as well. Yeah, there are. And we'll get we'll get back to that. The, the picture's blurry, so I can't really see, but we will get back to that. Um, I didn't realize that. So then back to the data. Again, I have the AOL Event Horizon Junction Crossing Point Crossing Over. Um, and again, if I got to a later stage in this, I wonder if we'd get data on the pyramid being like a crossing over point for internet dimensional travel or the pharaoh, you know, if you believe that story, when he dies, the soul crosses over or something to deal with that. Um, again, I got like gaseous space upward, moonward, zoom, take off, uh, gaseous, fluctuating, flowing fluid, vibrating compounds, chemicals. Um, where else here? I got free base spheres floating, colliding. And I just had this feeling of just skyrocketing upward with, and it felt like through my consciousness. Uh, and I have, you know, heard some accounts that the pyramids were designed to have something to do with expanding your consciousness um, and moving into altered states of consciousness. Again, I label it as a structure. Um, let's see. Rewarding, burning, compressed air, spacious, gaseous, toxic, fluid. Um, I'm going, going here. Uh, substantive object, skyward, accelerate, zooming, flourishing, floating. And then I have through the crown chakra, moon shot, uh, moon beam. What's that other word? I can't read it. Flat across, horizon, air, surface structure. Again, moonbeam machine, quirk. And we looked up quirk because I have no idea what quirk means. And quirk means an acute hollow between convex or other moldings in under architecture. And then underneath that, I wrote building, as in the verb, as in building something. Rising, expansive. Um, auditory, I had like a wom wom sound or feeling synthetic pressure in and out pulsing and i had coughing uh and then to touch it uh airy gaseous light fil filling expansive and again that could have been just the empty space inside there temperatures were cool colors brown and dark opaque expansive black background 
uh, let's see, tastes like if it was to lick the target, rich timber, soft, chalky, and a rich, uh, rich burning urine smell. Uh, and then I, I drew some weird looking faces, energies, jittery, subspace, anything like interdimensionally, demons, demonic. And then uh, looking at the dimensions, horizontal, I had widening and expanding. Vertical, I had skyward. And then I drew, uh, I, I, I drew a star, I drew a weird gremlin face, but then I wrote AOL, crown chakra, and I actually drew the little triangle with an eye in the center and the lines coming out of the side of the triangle, which represents the top of the pyramid. Um, and then I, I felt this feels venomous. And uh, it's it's heavy, weighing you down, pulling down, expanding full capacity, pulling the body downward. But I had this feeling of like the spirit going upwards. And I drew some things. And one of the things that I drew, um, I, some weird shape, I don't know what it is. But then I drew a person's eyes covered with a turban that's covering their face and their heads. And you can see there's people in front of the pyramids. That's pretty cool. And then I drew a cat. Uh, and I know the cats were connected to Egypt and then uh, the letter X. So I don't know what the X means. So uh, there's definitely some good data in there. There's some noise in there as well. And I'm not ashamed of that noise because I'm still learning here. But um, that was my session. And, uh, you know, I will have pictures of it. Maybe I'll just put the whole PDF there for you to view at Sixth Sense Media. Net. But Mikey, I know I just, you know, talked, every, talked your ear off. But uh, your reaction... <laughs> Um, well, I just <clears throat> sent you a screenshot. I was looking up some info about the Great Pyramid as you were talking, and of course, you know, I'm I'm using my human brain and not my analytical brain. But the Sphinx, there is a, um, a perspective where the Sphinx in front of the Great Pyramid. I just sent you a picture. You text it to me, or did you email it? I just, uh, I texted it. It seems like it's still gone. Oh, it looks, it should just have come through. Oh, yeah, there you go. Now, this isn't the picture that I I used as the target, but... That's fine. The Great Pyramid does have an... There is an angle where the Sphinx is in front of it, and this, this reminds me of your drawings a bit. Yeah, man. Like, if, you know, because if, if they're within that close of a distance of the Great Pyramids, and there's a chance you could have picked up on that. It's in the same location. Huh. Interesting. So my reaction is <clears throat> mind-blown. I know you said <clears throat> you know, you have a lot to learn, and there's noise in this, and sure, you're right, but you, that's I don't know, man. I'm not a scientist, but, and I was always, I'm, I've always known you have the gift, but, um, phew! It's crazy. And, and thank you. But for this, dude, I don't even think this is uh, this is something that anybody can learn to do. And that's what's amazing about it. Not everybody's going to be, you know, the Michael Jordans or, or, as I say, the Daz Smiths, Edward Reardon, and Dick Allgaiers of remote viewing. But anybody can learn to do it. It takes practice. You know, I do put in a couple hours a week. Um, I meditate every day. You know, there's things that, that I go through. But I'm just amazed, you know, and to share with all of you, I did this target before he picked it. <laughs> That's what's amazing to me. That's just amazing to me. Yeah, my mind's blown. Yeah, you. So, in layman's terms, once again, Dennis told me to pick a target, and by the, and then when he told me to send him the target, at the same time I sent him the target, he sent me his report of everything he wrote about the damn target that I picked, and it was 
a lot of accuracies, more than noise, more accuracies than noise, in my opinion. And there was no way you could have cheated. There's no way. There's no way. No. There's six pages. You would have had to have written six pages in, in, uh, in like a one second. There's no, you know, you, you, yeah. really, you freaking did it. And I'm honored to have been a part of it and witness it. Not that I never doubted you, but just to get to experience this so close to the project was really exciting and pretty freaking crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you just butterfly affected it. Yeah, you know, and, and it, it can create all these crazy questions in your head about time and fate and destiny and all that stuff, which I, I deal with every month working with the viewers and they're predicting news, the upcoming news events. Um, yeah. You know, makes you th makes you wonder about all that stuff. But I mean, I have nothing to gain, uh, that, you know, by cheating on this. Um, you know, but I, I challenge you as a listener. To go out and, and see for yourself, learn it, do it, um, because I think this is a valuable tool that we can use uh, in so many ways, especially, as I say all the time, with the new election coming up, there's going to be a lot of fake news being thrown your way, and if you have a, a good tasker who understands current events and can task you accordingly, or you can be the tasker, or you can go back and forth with your team as your team grows, um, you will fall into sync with one another and pull out... Um, targets that are relevant to help you get a better understanding. And that's one of the benefits I have from working with, with the viewers that I work with is that we can task stuff out to each other uh, and get a better understanding of the world and give us our own insights. We can go get the information on our own. We don't have to rely on the five o'clock news to tell us what's, you know, what the state wants us to know. Right. You know, you nailed it. it's crazy, man. It's you nailed it. This is a really fun experience. Um, my mind's blown. Yeah. Mine too, dude. <laughs> like my, like my, every time I do a target, my mind's blown. You know, like I said, there's a lot of junk in there, but there's, there's definitely elements where it's like, I got, I like, why would I draw these shapes? Why would I describe some of these things? And I, like I said, I drew the all seeing eye in the triangle at the bottom too. And that's crazy. Yeah. It's just, um, I don't know. I had a couple, I don't even want to, in case we ever collab again, I don't even want to tell you the other things I was considering for targets, but none of those other things would have had any relevancy to a triangle. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Really wild. Whew. Damn. Now what, you know, <laughs> well, now I keep training. Now what? Now I can't wait for another, uh, nappy brothers session. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, there there will be as, as Edward says, many more to come. I look um, forward to it. Yeah, as, see what else we can find and stuff. Um, but wow, thanks for being a part of that, dude. Oh yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I'm I'm impressed, I'm yeah. very impressed. I mean, you're you. I mean, I'm I'm the uh, the uh, the music dude, so I'm not speaking in the right words. But you're like a freaking X Men, dude. <laughs> no, no way, dude. Uh, thank you, but no. I, again, I'm just I'm just a rookie, and um, I, I'm impressed with the fact you know of, of what I'm learning how to do. But that's what I want to stress. You know, that's what I want to continue to stress is that this is something everybody can learn how to do. We can all learn how to do it. Um, 
and I think that's important. And you know, if you watch, if you watch uh, Third Eye Spies, I, I really took a liking to Russell Targ, who's one of the founders of remote viewing. And at the end, he talks about it. You know, he was offered, and he did. He was involved in all the secret stuff, but he just kind of walked away with it, going, "I just want people to know that everybody can learn to do this." And I think yeah. that's a very special thing, and that's a very important thing, and that gets downplayed tremendously that everybody can learn to do this. This should be mainstream news every night. Hey, learn to remote view. This should be taught. I don't know that you should teach children this, but it should be taught in every college and university. Uh, and this should, like we do on my show, I will cover the news and include remote viewing data as part of the news coverage because it, to me it's the same thing as saying this is an eyewitness and here's what they saw. This is a remote yeah. viewer and here's what they saw. The remote viewer is not going to have 100% accurate data. The eyewitness isn't going to have 100% accurate data, but maybe together sure. we can combine it and get pieces of that puzzle. Oh, man. Now, now you're blowing my mind again, yeah. That's what Jeez. we do. That's what we do. Uh, it's crazy. Craziness. Really so. cool stuff. Well, there you have it, everybody. And uh, yeah. Mike Nappy, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, shift gears for a minute. Tell us what you have going on right now. Uh, well, um, I am back in Pennsylvania. I did four months in L.A. with my career as um, a content creator and musician, producer, artist, and keeping it going here. Release daily content, vlogs on YouTube, nappy music videos, nappy music on social media. Basically, every um, platform using my skill set of music to create content in multiple different formats to entertain people and make a living and make really good music. Can you, uh, can, is there a way you could describe your, your genre of music? I mean, you're so, such a wide range is what you have, but can, can yeah, you, it's, uh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess if I had to label it <laughs> based on actual titles, urban pop, um, I'm a really good rapper and I'm also a singer, songwriter and instrumentalist so um we had a sh we had a show on your show a long time ago a discussion about the evolution of music uh -huh. story for another time and they can go find it um but yeah at this point now you know rap and pop and rock they're all they've all become one everything's merged so yeah i um i'm a really good musician i play a lot of instruments i sing and i rap and put it in basically a pop formula and I'm not cheesy. And I can really wrap my ass off. <laughs> and I'm very proud. I'm very proud. I think, um, you know, what your music brings as well, there's a, there's a funk behind it. Um, sure. And, and it's, it's a rich, it's rich and soulful. It's not a lot of the stuff that you hear out there today. Not your average SoundCloud rapper. Um, yeah. You bring <laughs> these, uh, my favorite are your, are your guitar riffs, your guitar solos that just uh, they resonate with me i feel them I, I, and uh, it, it gives his music gives me the feeling sometimes that like when you were younger like a teenager and be playing like that adventure video game late at night and have that like really cool music and you'd be just so immersed in the game you'd feel like the actual hero like i listen to, to mike's music and that's how i feel when i listen to it just like it takes me and puts me in that zone like wow yeah this is this is resonating with me so it's a really neat sound how can they uh, how can people find you again mikey um nappy music on social media n-a-p-p-i music and uh nappy music official.com will have all links 
to everything from Nap- Spotify, Apple Music, but Nappy Music everywhere, nappymusicofficial.com. Uh, real fast to uh, tag on to what you had just said. Someone, whenever I hear a good quote, if I don't have a piece of paper, I write it on my wall and I just went and checked. One of my friends said that my guitar amplifies my frequency. And of course, you know, I don't have the data to back that up as a truth, but it really stuck with me. Yeah. My guitar amplifies my frequency. That was a, uh, really cool to hear that so um it's cool to hear that you feel a certain vibe from my music i guess it's working <laughs> yeah no it absolutely is so I, I encourage you to check it out uh nappy music and uh on social media and nappymusicofficial.com and you can find everything mike nappy fun times entertaining check them out all right mikey well uh, i want to say thank you Again, for being a part of this experiment and then willing to come on the air and, and discuss it and share it with uh, with my listeners. It's been pretty fun. So, Heck yeah. It's an honor to be here. It reminds me of when we were kids. To all your listeners out there, Dennis and I have been making content since we were kids. Uh, <laughs> and it's cool that now we have our own real platforms for people that care. And it's just fun to think about. We've been doing this our whole lives, so it's cool to do it again. Imagine if we published our stuff from when we were little kids, that goofy, wacky yeah. stuff we did. Oh, God. Well, I, a story for another day. It I is. think it would be better than we think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on a side note, our mother found an old tape, uh, and it was of me reading stories to myself, and she played it for my children, and that was really <laughs> weird, because I just walked in the house one day, she was babysitting, and I hear like... And the three bears went outside. I'm like, is that me reading to myself, like in the room? So it was, uh, but well, it was cool on a tape, on a cassette tape for my kids. What if subconsciously too. you were, you knew that you would, your kids were going to be read to that one day? <laughs> you know, and that's the weird thing about time and space, and especially when you look at this, you don't know. Um, you know, and something I, I'm looking into, and, and I'll talk to other guests about it. Um, you know, remote influencing, is that something that's possible? Can I project my consciousness into the past or future and influence somebody to think something kind of like inception or to have an idea or to do something? And if that's true, then can we influence time? If that's true, what credibility does that lead to things like the Mandela effect or uh, the Matrix line or uh, Philip K. Dick's line of, uh, you know, deja vu sparking another timeline in reality because something was changed in a at a particular point in your timeline so lots of threads you can go on lots of implications that that come from uh, an experiment like this yeah and just to one more thing so to get your listeners i know you already did a whole show on the mandela effect but man i really thought Sinbad was in a movie called shazam <laughs> he was just, dude no was he in a movie Sinbad never played a genie in any movie. No, Shaquille O'Neal played like in Kazam, but no, dude, Sin. I I I remember seeing it at at the at LA Video back in the day. I know, dude, but it doesn't exist. Sinbad played a joke on it, April Fools, this year, last year. But I, I had we had studied the Mandela effect before this year, before Sinbad capitalized on it, and it doesn't exist. You know, that's the one that. Like hearing it now really gets me thinking about you know the credit like Luke and the Berenstain Bears. Yeah, that one. I I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I I know I, I've looked at that one and I've looked at like the Star Wars Luke, I'm your father, and I could see 
somebody saying it wrong and then it becoming popular. But like, I remember the Sinbad movie. I remember it. So maybe, uh, oh, you know what though? No, I'm saying Sinbad. Um, yeah. No, I remember him as a genie. Me too, man. I remember it. Like, I, I remember it. With the genie hat, yeah. That's weird. I know, man. Yeah, I, I, I think we're shifting con- uh, timelines regularly. Um, and I think sometimes maybe those timelines that we shift out of or phase out of get destroyed. Um, who knows? Gotta be. Yeah. Yeah, we Gotta don't even be. realize. We don't even realize when we're phasing in and out. Uh, and, and I often wonder... Um, you know, if, if our thoughts manifest our reality, which I do think that the human mind, the human hive mind collectively is one big machine to, to drive reality. Um, I think sometimes we may collectively and individually, it's Schrodinger's cat, the cat's dead, alive and in between. And we may yeah. choose, you know, Hey, I'm on track cause I'm buying into the world's going to end and you may be on track and the world may end and you may have a shift in perspective one day and your world may not end. Um, and Greg Braden has a lot of content that talks to that as well. Um, I was listening to something today too. Um, excuse me for not citing my source. I can't fine. remember. I was watching, um, it was a bunch of musicians in a studio talking and they were talking about the, the power of the brain and the brain can't tell the difference between something you're experiencing and the physical and something you're imagining. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Uh, it, I, I covered something similar to that. I, I wrote about it in my my old education books because um, we did it as cops. It's it's uh, mental role playing, and uh, you, you create a scenario in your mind. You run through it, and it creates the same connections in your mind as if you actually went through it. So you can get training uh, just through something running through your brain, and your body can learn to react the same way if you do it right in your head. Yeah, you you. Um... Phew. I got a lot to think on, but I agree a hundred percent, man. The brain is a crazy thing and seems like time is a crazy thing too. Or maybe a no thing. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. True know. indeed. Yeah, you um like I don't know, just I know you've talked about it on your show with all the different weird things that happened growing up just make you go things that make you go, hmm, and now Yeah. The fact that this is your path you know it really does make you wonder i don't know maybe a future you with some of those hmms of us in the past it's just you don't know yeah i think about that i try not to think about it too much because um yeah you don't want to if that's true then i don't want to influence it yet i'm not in a, in a point to do that but no I, I have had those thoughts you know what if we're what if we're going back there was a point in time like when this stuff when i was living alone and this stuff was really happening um around the time of some of the scene set in my book actually i did have that thought like what if i'm getting this information from me at a later time in my existence um <clears throat> you just you just don't know and that what, sure. that's a crazy feedback loop you know yeah I'm, I'm getting information in the past um that leads me to knowledge that i then have in the future that i then send back to myself in the past it's like what what came first the chicken or the egg so yeah armageddon that's a song there um wow holy yeah um yeah that's that's fascinating i I mean yeah that's fascinating um i gotta think on this one my i feel my brain moving (laughs) (laughs) well then maybe we can cut it off there 
And, yeah, I uh, don't want to go on to a rant where I don't no. feel confident what I'm saying. That's all but good. yeah, shoo. Yeah, I encourage everyone to do their research on these topics. And if you are those adventurous kinds that are moving forward with it, be safe and be confident, right? Yeah, yeah. You can learn it yourself. Again, I, I highly encourage you to check out Daz Smith's website, remoteviewed.com. Uh, Daz, I, I, he's like the historian, the archivist of remote viewing. He's got the whole history, all the declassified stuff. Uh, he puts out a, a a magazine every month, every quarter, not every month, but uh, called Eight Martinis. Um, he's got uh, practice up there. He's got you know the steps you can go through to learn remote viewing. He's got everything you need to know about remote viewing on his website. Um, so, and then his books are available as well uh, online through Amazon. So check out Daz's books. Um, and I plugged them last week. And it's his books are walking you through how to remote view. And Daz is is one of the best. So um, I highly recommend checking out his stuff and supporting what he does so uh that's about it mikey why don't you uh, any final thoughts on this one uh one of my favorite ones for sure uh my favorite not even because i'm a part of the episode this one was just really exciting i'm yeah. um, be a part of it thanks again yeah well thank you mikey hold the line and uh you know and then we'll, we'll pick up before i go ahead and close things out so Thank you so much for being a part of this uh, crazy, wacky experiment, dude. Of course. Thank you. All right, man. See you. All right, Truth Seekers. Always a great time when I get to uh, have my brother on the air and, and to talk to him. We can go on for hours talking about stuff. Um, really cool experiment. I hope you uh, appreciated it and enjoyed it. I know I just did a remote viewing show last week. Um, and here's my insecurities coming out. I hope it doesn't come off show-offy or braggy. I I'm, I'm promise. Uh, I'm just so... Uh, amazed at this, even though, like I said, I've been writing about it for the last several years. I've, I've had it's just to actually, this has been a lifelong dream of mine. And uh, I said it last week, I've been sharing a lot of this journey with all of you out there, and I want to continue to share it. I'm not going to do a show every week talking about my training targets, but uh, this is new. And to, to be able to view the target before he even selected it again i've read about it i've watched uh some of my uh, my friends on the crypto team do it but it's different when you do it yourself it's like i i i don't know there's no words for it so um i i hope that uh that you enjoyed listening to this little debrief that mikey and i went through um because it was pretty cool man it was it was really cool to uh to go through that so i think i'll throw at least portions of this uh, target document up on uh, online for you to review so you can get a look at what the data looks like. Um, you know, it's pretty cool. So that's uh, that's about it, my friends. If if uh, you're on the fence about it, again, shameless plug here, but read I'm Human Food for the Archons, Humanity's Psychic Connection, Simulated Realities, Parallel Worlds, and the Manipulation of Mankind. Got the holiday season coming up. It's a great stocking stuffer for that truth seeker. Um, a lot of deep stuff in here, but one of the things you're going to walk away from that I'm confident in when you read this book is, wow, there is good research out there, and we really are connected to everything in the universe, and there, it's you can understand why something like remote viewing is possible. And I think that getting rid of that block of well that's weird or i don't know if that's real reading this book i think it will help you break down some barriers if you have them uh and, and allow you to be open enough to start trying something like this and developing your own skill set um it's great to have that that 
foundation, that understanding that this is possible. So that's it, my friends. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for listening. If you have any thoughts, comments, please send them my way. Uh, I, I'd love to hear them, good or bad. Constructive, hopefully, with the bad ones. But uh, send them my way. Love to hear from you. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of the Seeker Podcast. A big shout-out and thank you to Mike Nappy of Nappy Music, nappymusicofficial.com. This is where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. Keep an open mind. And let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening.